Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the iCast. My name is Michael Dowies, and I'm here again with Marty Sobo. Hey, Marty, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thank you. And Alicia Geary. Hello, everyone. All right, so we'll jump right into it today. The past two episodes, we've been talking a lot about iOS and the watch, but we really have not touched on the Mac. And I feel like today's episode, we really need to give the Mac some love, don't you guys think? Yes, definitely. Of course. Yeah, because this is an Apple show and we, the Mac, we would not have an iPhone without the Mac. And that's true. You know, it, it, it was without the Mac, we would not have an iPhone. And, you know, a lot of people forget that iOS was built on top of or, or from Mac OS. And, and that was kind of the reasons why I always wanted an iPhone was because it's a Mac OS iPhone. <laughs> Did, did Was that ever in your thoughts, Marty, back when you got your first iPhone that's like, oh, it's built off Mac OS, so it must be good? Yeah, pretty much. But like the whole thing for me was I had, what did I have before the iPhone came out? I believe it was a BlackBerry, I want to say. And I had all kinds of syncing issues and, you know, stuff wouldn't work. I was still a Mac user, but since... There was no iPhone. You have to use something else. And at the time, using a BlackBerry, it worked, but it was a real pain in the rear to get your mm-hmm. contacts and your calendars and all that stuff really syncing between the computer and the device. So when the iPhone came out, it was really awesome that it just worked. There was no yeah. issue, especially being a Mac user. It just all of a sudden worked. And it was no big deal to be able to sync your stuff seamlessly. But once... You saw how seamless it was. It was actually a big deal because before it was a real pain, like I said. So that solved a lot of problems for me when I got my first iPhone. My my previous phone to the iPhone, because I've I've had Android phones, but I don't count them because they're smartphones and the iPhone was always my primary. But my first smartphone or or my previous smartphone to the iPhone was the Moto Q. Did you ever see one of those? I don't even remember. There used to be a whole bunch of different Android phones at the time. Well, well, these weren't even Android phones. They were Windows, Windows Mobile, not even Windows Phone, Windows Mobile. Wow. I think I've oh, heard you of know those. what? They did do some Windows Mobile phones for a little while and mm-hmm. they were out, but I think only a couple few years and then they just discontinued them because yeah. I don't think they did very well. Right. Well, they, they did great before there was an iPhone, you know, <laughs> and before yeah, Android. all the Android users who wanted to stick with Windows. Right. So that was my previous phone. I think it used micro USB or something like that to charge. It was like, it, and it's crazy to think about micro USB just finally went out of style not long ago, but I am kind of digressing into a tangent here, but it it's Mac OS changed the world when we had Mac OS 10, especially like Panther, Tiger, all of those cat named Mac OSs. That's when things were really getting shaped and, and changing. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I remember when Tiger came out, it was a huge big deal. And mm-hmm. one of the things they did was they had a Tiger operating system party all in all the Apple stores and stuff like that to, really? you know, announce the tiger operating system and i remember going to a couple places and they had full-on party mode going on and they were just straight up selling tiger because at the time when tiger came out they were still selling the operating system they weren't 
giving it away for free. Right. So that's one thing to think about. And another thing to think about was it wasn't in the Apple store yet. There wasn't really like a Mac app mm-hmm. store yet. So you were right. buying it on DVD at the time. Right. So like $30 it was a big deal. Something. You'd go in. Yeah. You'd go in and you'd buy it and they'd give you this small box that was a square mm-hmm. and it was I around the size those. of a... Yeah, it was like the round of the size of like a DVD, right? Yeah, and had all the graphics and everything on it. And then you would buy iWork. And do you remember iLife for the Mac? Oh yeah, that had what was that? It had iMovie, and then it had iWeb, I think, and yes, iWeb, <laughs> iDVD, iDVD. Oh, what the heck is iWeb? Please it educate a, me. It was a website creation tool from Apple. Yeah. It Actually, really the three cool. apps that were in there. So you had iWeb, that was for making websites, and that was Apple's attempt at software to be able to make websites. Mm-hmm. And then they had iDVD, which is their attempt to create DVDs. So you could take all your videos and all that stuff in iMovie. And then when you would export it out, you would use mm-hmm. iDVD to make all the start menus and all the graphics mm-hmm. and stuff when you would put the DVD in. Yep. So why doesn't iWeb exist anymore? Do you know how profitable that would be now? Well, because they don't sell their software anymore, or at least they don't sell their regular software to consumers anymore. Mm -hmm. They usually just give it all away for free. They used to sell iWork and iLife. They used to sell those two products when they would still... Yeah, when they were still putting them out on DVDs, but when they mm -hmm. transitioned to the store and having everything in the store... They made all of that software come on all the computers and you can just get it for free through the Mac app store. So they stopped giving it away. They could do iWeb like they do Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro. It could be like a professional software. The reason is, is that iWeb got way out of date very quickly and they didn't want to put forth the resources to keep it up, you know, keeping with standards, keeping with what you needed to do. So they said others are already doing that now, so we don't really need to keep that up. Oh. And it's useless okay. now anyway. Who buys DVDs now? Right. Well, at for a while you could buy it in the Mac App Store. It was a thing. Well, iLife, yeah. It's true. True. I mean, people still buy DVDs, but not many people have well, no Macs have DVD burners. You'd have right. to they don't even have channel. optical drives at all anymore. So it's kind of why would they still continue mm-hmm. to put that software out there? Right. If they're not I mean, even putting optical drives in computers left, anymore. really, you know, yeah, it's very interesting where the Mac came from, and all of that to say that we the Mac has changed much since I started with it, and you know, Marty, I think you started with the Mac before I did, and Alicia's learning more about the Mac now. You know, we we all come from different places with it. But we wanted to talk today about the different types of Macs, who they're meant for, and why why buy them. And that line has really blurred a lot in the last couple of years with Apple Silicon, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Because, you know, an M1 or an M2 can do pretty much what most people need to do, and not even with a fan. So, that is true. And more. And... I think that's kind of where we're, the in the M3, we're, we're not even considering the M3 having hardware-based ray tracing for games. Like NVIDIA high-quality graphics card level of stuff on the base chip. 
not the Pro or the Max or the Ultra on the base chip. I mean, we don't have this confirmed, but if the A17 Pro has that, then the M3, I'm sure it will. So, and you know, it's interesting because in the past, iOS was based off of macOS. Now, a lot of macOS and Macs are based off of iOS. I find that very interesting. Yeah, well, I think they're doing a lot of that because they feel like if they make the computers look more like iOS, it will look easier and consumers will be more apt to buy an actual computer if it looks easier, right? If it looks familiar to them. Because a Mac right out of the box is going to be nothing like your phone or your iPad, right? So right. I think they're making that attempt to, if you want to, make it look more like your iPhone or your iPad. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it look easier to people. And they say, oh, if I want a computer and look, it looks just like my phone or my iPad with the icons and whatever it is, then I think it, they'll sell more computers. But you if know, they make it where it's still super difficult and people are scared to dive into something they have no idea about, which is actually a thing. So You know, one thing I really miss, and I know it's a little thing, but one thing I miss on the older Macs was the light up Apple logo. That was just awesome. Yeah, and if you go back, to like the 90s when they were building laptops, you know, the late 90s and into the early 2000s, not only did the logo light up, but it was actually upside down. So when you would open the lid on a laptop, the Apple logo, if you were to look at it from the back side with the laptop open, the logo, the Apple logo on the lid would be upside down. Really? Yeah, they finally changed that a few years later, but the mm -hmm. thought process in that originally was when it's closed, oh, you'll see the Apple logo right on the top there, right? But then when you open it up and it lights up from the back side, it's upside down. So hmm. now they flipped it around and now it's actually the right side up. Interesting. If you go back and look at that. old photos, you can, you'll see. Interesting. Like go that. check out the titanium. Titanium? Yeah. Hmm. Really interesting stuff. I, I've had so many Macs over the years, and I came on when right at the tr transition from PowerPC to Intel. And those yeah. were the days, let me tell you. Yeah, that was a, a huge jump like it was now. Mm -hmm. PowerPC got so slow, they mm -hmm. made the jump to Intel and had huge speed jumps. It was yes. kind of similar to when we went from Intel to M processors. And now we have that same huge jump again when we're leaving Intel and going to the M processors mm -hmm. with major speed improvements, like right. ridiculous speed improvements. So let, let's start off with the MacBook Air. And the MacBook Air has always been a fan favorite for a long time because it's kind of the everything computer, like the, the computer that everybody can use for surfing, email, web browsing, and all that. But I don't feel like it's that anymore. It's it's not just the your standard computer anymore, especially with the M2 Air, which is currently on sale for like $1099 or $1049 right now, which is crazy. The the M2 Air is just it has a very sleek design, I feel like. I was never a big fan of the wedge. So when they went to this more boxy design, I love that because it kind of heralds back to the older Apple designs. 
And I like those a lot. I like those Mac designs. So, Marty, do you have an Air or do you just have Pros? Just a Pro. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro. Yes. And I, I have one of those too, but I didn't know if you had an Air or not. But you know, I've had Airs in the past. I just mm-hmm. don't have one right now. One of the interesting things was the the OG, or not OG, but one of the older MacBooks, that 12-inch MacBook, you could get it in the gold color. That was a very neat machine. But the Air, because I think they're still selling the M1 Airs, and they kind of have that old wedge shape. And they, yeah, work they, really, they work really well, but they just, the M2 is just that redesign that we were waiting for. And and that's really, in my opinion, where you want to go when you. Well, I feel like the M1 MacBook Air Mm -hmm. does have a place, you know, Mm -hmm. and for someone who wants to get into the Mac ecosystem, Mm -hmm. but they don't have a lot of money. That's a really great place to start, because even though we're heading into M3 territory, you know, the M1 is still a super fast computer. Oh, yeah. I mean. If you want to get into the Mac ecosystem and this is going to be your first Mac or maybe your first Mac in a long time mm-hmm. and you just want something that can kind of do a little bit of everything, it will, you know. I still think it's a great machine, definitely for the price. You know, it's below a thousand dollars now. So mm-hmm. we're talking, I think around eight hundred bucks is what it is. And you see them on sale all the time. So the the only thing on the M1 though is it still has that 720p front camera. And it's kind of garbage at this point. It's not, you know, if you're doing any conferencing or things like that, it is just not a very good camera. And I feel like for a hundred dollars more, you're you're getting a better experience. You know, more more future proofing and things like that. So, but if you already have an iPhone, that's what continuity camera is for. Right, if you want to set up continuity camera and buy the stand and all those other things for it too. So it just depends on what you're willing to do. The M1 does have its place though. Like if you're just wanting something to get started in the ecosystem, it's great. I will tell you, at least on the M1 MacBook Air that I had, Gaming was a little difficult on it. Even like I put Minecraft up to, I think they call it fabulous graphics. And it ate the MacBook Air M1 for lunch. The M2 Air with the same specs, it was able to run perfectly well on. So it just depends on on what you're trying to do. Right. And at the same time, the thing that's frustrating is it's confusing to consumers mm-hmm. when they go, okay, I can get the M1 MacBook mm-hmm. Air because that's in my budget and it's something that I can afford. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which I wouldn't suggest anyone to buy, but people do buy it because they think, oh, well, that's a Pro instead of an Air. That right. must be better, right? Right. So personally, I don't really think anyone should buy the 13-inch MacBook Pro, but it's there and people do buy it. So. Mm-hmm. The only advantage it has, and it has the same case and screen and everything of the of the Air, but the one diff of the M1 Air, but it has an M2. It still has, I, I like to call it the potato cam because it's terrible and, you know, of the, of the M1. So 720p on a more expensive M2 Pro. So I just can't recommend that machine. It also has... I mean, if you like the touch bar, though, that's why you'd buy that machine. 
But I, I really like just actual function keys where you know what they do. Right. Also, the Touch ID sensor on all of the M2 models, except for that 13-inch, has a round recessed little area for your finger. Whereas the M1 Air and the M2 13-inch Pro do not. It's just a flat button. Right. Also, the one thing to keep in mind is that the the M1 Air and the M2 Pro 13-inch have three, I think they have three, two or three ports. I don't remember the port. No. The M1 MacBook Air has two ports, Mm -hmm. one USB-C on each side of the machine, and that's it. So the Mm -hmm. downfall to that, there's no MagSafe like on the newer machines, like the M2 MacBook Air has MagSafe. So that means you can charge and still have two open USB-C mm-hmm. ports to do whatever it is you need to do. On the M1, since you only have two USB-C ports, you're taking up one of them because you have to charge it or if you need to plug in power. So that is definitely a reason to bump up, in my opinion. Right. And especially if you're doing pro work podcasting or doing anything like that, you know, I mean, you could plug in a USB-C hub and gain some more ports. You just have to make sure that the USB-C hub that you get has pass-through power so that right. you can utilize the the hub with other devices as well as charging the machine. And the 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 M2 Air is also a lot, I, I mean, I think it's lighter, but I think it might be the same. Yeah, I think it's... The weight is distributed a little bit differently and more mm-hmm. evenly, I want to say, because of its new shape, where on the wedge shape, it tends to be heavier lopsided-wise because mm-hmm. of the shape, you know, more towards the back. So I think people like the even weight better. Mm-hmm. It feels more solid and center of gravity. And a lot of people worry that having a fan is going to be, or not having a fan on the M2 Air is like, oh no, it doesn't have a fan. Well, it actually runs really well. I mean, like you could do video editing and, and high quality stuff for about 20 minutes before you start seeing degradations in speed. That's a lot of time. Like if you're rendering something or doing something like that, that's quite a bit of time. Yep. The M2 yeah. iPad Pro doesn't have a fan. All iPads don't have a fan. Yeah, but they don't have exactly. But you're also not going to get the the same kind of renders and things like that in projects that you will that you could see on a Mac. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, there's Adobe Audition. There's Adobe. Are you talking about for iPad? No, on Mac. Are you talking about audio editing software? Or video editing on. It's Audition. Isn't that the audio thing from Adobe? They actually have Premiere, which is. Premiere. That was what I was looking for. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have Premiere on iPad. You don't have several of the other high quality video and those kind of things on the iPad. So you're going to, people are going to try to put their 8k quality stuff through these airs and there it, it'll, it'll really toast out at, at uh, those 8k videos. Although you can put final cut pro and logic on an iPad now you can. And I do feel like though, with there are limitations in each of these versions on the iPad. And they have gone, they've, they've done a good job, but they still have a ways to go to be comparable to the desktop apps, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah. Well, the power, I mean, that's another whole thing. 
Well, I think the devices have the power. They could do it, but it's just manipulation and in getting all the stuff in there effectively and in working with, you know, 30 or 40 tracks would I would I mean, maybe it's because I'm not a touch first person. It would be difficult for me while, you know, doing things. So, yeah, I was doing it yesterday and I didn't really have any problems, but yeah, but you're not working with 30 or 40 tracks. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I don't think I would ever have to. If Well, if you're doing video or if you're doing, you know, a, a podcast with a lot of people or even if you're u- making music, like if you're doing any kind of music creation, then you're m- using a lot of different tracks, a lot of loops, a lot of different things. So I just feel like on the iPad, I would probably take twice as long as if I was doing it with my computer. And, and even when I was trying to edit with Logic on the iPad, I could do Command-T on the computer to split and do all those things, and they didn't work correctly on the iPad. I'm like, oh, this is bothering me. <laughs> so, again, I think that the Air is a great computer, going back to Macs. One thing that you'll notice, if you compare sizes, the iPad Pro is 13-inch, 12.9 or 11-inch. The Air is 13 inches, but the Air does not have as good of a display as the iPad. So those are things you need to consider when you're buying your pro devices. Now, if you, I think we're about there to talk about the pros, wouldn't you say, y'all? Yeah, definitely. So if you bump up to the 14-inch MacBook Pro, though, you are getting what you get with an iPad Pro, plus more. And the reason why I say that is these the 14 and 16-inch have amazing speakers. The Air speakers are good. I'm I'm not saying they're not. They're they're decent. They're not my favorite Mac speakers. And so we have that 14 inch Pro, and you could get the M2 Pro or M2 Max chip in that machine. I don't recommend going with the Max. And do you guys know why? Why? Heat dissipation. Right. You it doesn't have as much of a surface area to dissipate heat as the 16 inch. So even though there's a fan, it will throttle that down a little more at a faster rate on the 14-inch. They're trying to squeeze all the same hardware into a smaller space. Uh, that's right. That's interesting. Plus battery life, you know. Well, definitely it's a bigger battery in the 16. That's for oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's crazy to think I've had my, my M1 16-inch for two years now. Like... It, it's it has not slowed down in that amount of time like os updates everything it's still kicking yep they're great machines i like them because you get one of the pros 14 or 16 and you got everything you need really you don't even really need a dongle because they've come back and loaded it up with all the necessities and all the ports and stuff so you know, you're really good to go. It even has MagSafe, so you don't even have to utilize one of the USB-C ports to mm-hmm. deal with charging. So you still get to keep your machine charging if you need to and still have all your USB-C ports or Thunderbolt ports in a Mac Pro case right there. So, Yeah, and, and they are Thunderbolt ports, so you can, you, know, ch- you can plug in any good display or any high-speed hard drive. Just be careful of SanDisk. And... <laughs> And and you'll be you'll be up and running, and it's just going to be a very fast computer. It's going to do everything you need. And 
I mean, that thing's future-proofed. I've been developing for two years, and I think I'm just going to wait it out for the M3 Pro and Max. I because, would agree. Yeah. The other thing is these screens are are a pro motion with the retina. I don't know if it's retina or super retina displays. But basically, that means they're using the mini LEDs that they use on the iPad Pros. So it looks fantastic. Yep. And the camera's much better than on the MacBook Air, at mm-hmm. least a low-end one. Mm-hmm. So that's you get some better re- resolution out of that. Mm-hmm. Battery life's way longer. You have all the ports that you need. I mean, you're good to go. You get one of those, and you're pretty much set. The speakers are good. The keyboard also has really good. So anything on the M2 lineup except for the, I don't know if the M2 Pro 13-inch has the butterfly keys still, but I know that it is a bit of a different typing experience. I do find on the Air that the key travel is not as good as my 16-inch or four, or even the 14-inch Pros. So that's one thing to keep in mind is your typing experience. But all of the trackpads are amazing on the Macs. One thing you'll notice is compared to like the iPad Magic Keyboard, the trackpad on there is a diving board style or or something similar where you click it, it actually clicks down, kind of like a PC trackpad, whereas the Mac, it's all haptics now. Yep. It's kind of run by software. And And, you know, it's weird because I tell people, and you could do a test on this, you could tell people, Turn off your Mac. Your your trackpad will not move. It will not that's move. That's true, at all. actually. Yeah. And it really like no, I know that's not true. It still will click. I'm like, no. No, it won't. It won't do it. It's just a big sheet of glass and it's fooling you into thinking that it's clicking by using haptics. Yeah, and, and they did that. I think that originally started was with the iPhone 8, right? Where it still had a home button, but it didn't actually move. It was kind of more software. If you were to turn your it phone off. It was the 7. Oh, it was the 7. So It was the 7. Which yeah. is basically the same body style. But if you were to turn the phone off, the button just doesn't do anything. So mm-hmm. I think that's where they took that technology and brought it into the Magic Trackpad. I think it works better because y- there's a less chance of failure, really. You know, because it's not actually moving. I couldn't be wrong, but I don't remember what year the 7 came out. But I believe that these trackpads have been on Mac since 2013. So I think they actually took the the technology from the Mac to the iPhone. But I could be wrong. It could be the reverse. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know they both have the same technology. The world will never know. (laughs) Well, the world, the Google knows, but we just don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... It, it's a very interesting, you know, they take their technology from device to device and it's like, oh, well, we did this here. Let's put it here, you know. So I'm a huge fan of, of the of the MacBook Pros. And, you know, it works with any hard drives or or anything you plug in that's USB-C. Interfaces, so, displays, cameras, whatever. So I guess one of the things that we can do is we could talk about the different use cases. So... Like if you're so Marty, if you're audio editing or doing audio production, what would you use? My number one favorite thing is a desktop. You know, whenever I'm in the home studio, I always want to be using a desktop as much as I can. I just feel like you can spread out a little bit more. You've got a bigger keyboard, you're more comfortable. Typically, you've got more ports to plug stuff in and spread stuff out, all of that. There's really nothing wrong with laptops, but I just like having the Mm -hmm. bigger setup 
just for the space and being able to feel like I'm more spread out. You know, you can use a regular yeah. full-size keyboard and a bigger display. You know, currently I'm running a 32-inch display on this particular machine that I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would prefer is, you know, a desktop typically. So we hadn't even talked about desktop, so let's go through those. So the the Mac minis, I think, are the very most popular desktop now they are yeah yeah and they have you know several kinds and they put the m2 pro in these in these desktops i saw the apple the mac mini and the first thing i thought was man does it look kind of like an apple tv box yes they do it looks like an apple tv box it's so tiny Although the new, you haven't seen the new Apple TVs. They're even smaller. Like they can almost yeah. fit in the, they can almost fit in the palm of your hand now. So, so on the Mac Mini line, you know, we start with the regular ones, mm-hmm. and the regular ones are probably the cheapest Mac that you can get into. I believe they start at what is it, five ninety nine or four ninety nine? I think yeah, yeah, somewhere right in there. You get the M two processor, just a standard M two processor. 256 SSD hard drive and eight gigs of RAM. And of course, you can bump up the memory on that to 16. And I believe you can go up to a terabyte on the hard drive on the regular. Maybe you can go to two now. I, I can't remember which, but it's either one oh, or two wow. terabytes if you want to bump it up. I think it's two, but I'm not sure. So that would be the regular one. That's a mm-hmm. great entry-level desktop machine if you're trying to get into the Mac ecosystem for an affordable price. It's still super fast and powerful, and you can do a lot with it. I know people who are running just the baseline M2 MacBook or Mac Mini, and it's they say super powerful and does everything they need to do for the most part. Every oh, once wow. in a while, if you're rendering like a ton of stuff, it will kick the fans up, and you'll see a little bit of keep mm-hmm. going through the machine at that point but for the most part for day-to-day stuff it is a great machine for day-to-day Solid. stuff yeah and, wow. and, you could hook, and you could hook it up to your windows uh equipment too like if you have a windows keyboard windows monitor all of that stuff yep that's true you know what i kind of chimed into this thinking that i wouldn't really have much to contribute because i've never used a mac but I've actually been contemplating, you know, how I would get into the Mac ecosystem. And now that I think about it, I never even thought of just maybe investing in like a Mac mini and maybe like a good monitor or something. Because if you really think about it, like I have, I have for my lightweight work device, I could just take my iPad wherever I need it to be to do work on the go because it does everything I need it to do. So my Mac mini can stay at home and sit on my desk with a monitor and I don't even have to worry about a laptop setup or anything like that. I could just have my big screen for whenever I'm here at home doing my work. Well, and and I never and even thought of that. They have displays all over the place that are very affordable. I've seen 27-inch displays starting at 150 bucks, and then they mm-hmm. go up to from there, which would even be somewhat of a decent display. It wouldn't necessarily be the best display on the market, but 
figure if you are looking at around the $300 range for a display, $200 range for a display, you can find a 27-inch display that you can either plug into the Mac Mini with HDMI or or Thunderbolt, actually, is what it would be, for really affordable. I mean, and so you're into a Mac Mini out of the box without any updates and a display, you know, for like six, seven hundred bucks. And the only thing I would probably say that you should definitely invest in is some sort of Apple keyboard because the Windows ones are a little bit weird because the keys aren't the same for keyboard shortcuts and all that. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can get a Logitech or there's a ton of them out there, but make sure you get a keyboard that's like an Apple style keyboard so that you have all of the Apple stuff on there, you know? But you can use any mouse. You can get a $20 Logitech, whatever kind of mouse you want, you know, so. Well, and there's another trick to that, too. If you already have a TV, you already have a monitor. No, thanks. (laughs) I have a TV, but I'd rather use my TV as a TV instead of a combination TV slash monitor. And I don't really have the setup. And I don't really have the I don't really have the setup to be like putting it on a. Like it, I have it, the TV sits on its own stand. So it's like moving it to the desk would be kind of catastrophic because it's bigger than my desk is almost. I know how uh, that bigger goes. than the spaces, like bigger than the spaces on my desk. I don't want you to think my desk is like tiny, but <laughs> I well, don't know. I ha- it's just not a good idea for me. I had an Amazon TV and it fit on my desk really well because it had a stand that was below it, it didn't have legs. And so when I updated my TV to a new TV, it had legs and and it did not have that, that stand. And so the legs on, on a 55-inch TV went out longer than my desk. I'm like, uh-oh, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah that's how this is. Mm-hmm. That, so, that's how this is. This, yeah. just, this just has legs. The it doesn't have of like using a stand. A TV, the advantage of using a TV is that you do get the speakers and all that through the HDMI, so you don't have to have anything separate for that. So that's why I, I recommend, you know, trying a TV if you're starting out and those kind of things, like a 27-inch or something small. And today is the October Prime Deals Day, and they're having really, like, $100 for a 32-inch Amazon Fire TV. It would be a good time to look for... A display. There's probably displays all over the place. You can get a nice 27-inch display at a really big discount today. Yep. Get so, an HDMI one that'll plug right into the Mac Mini. When when this podcast comes out, it will <laughs> that sale will be over. But but there'll there'll be more deals on TVs for the and monitors for the rest of the year. But yeah, that Mac Mini is a very good deal. And then they have the Mac Mini Pro, which has the M2 Pro. Right. And that's pretty exciting to have a desktop with a pro processor on it. Definitely. I actually have one of those. That's what I'm using. So I How actually are you liking have, it? I love it. It's awesome. The Mac Mini I originally had is an M1. It's the first generation M1. So right when M1 came out, the first machine I bought was a Mac Mini with an M1 in it. With I maxed it out at a terabyte and 16 mm-hmm. gigs of RAM, and it's still a screamer. It's an incredible machine. Yeah. I use it all the time. And then when the M2 Pro Mac Mini came out, I got one of those, and that's just an incredible machine also. It's mm-hmm. super fast, and it just is a workhorse. I love it. So let's I'm go over ahead. here looking around on Google now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
So let's go ahead and move on to the next machine type they have, and that's the IMAX. And there's not much to talk about here. They're great. They look like an iPad on a stand is, is really what they look like. But they're still M1s. Yeah, they haven't updated them in a while. Mm -hmm. So you still have only a 24-inch display model. So that means the it's an all-in-one with a 24-inch mm -hmm. display. And currently, it has just still only the M1 in it. So mm -hmm. this leads me to believe one of two things. Either they're going to kind of phase out the IMAX because now they have other machines that are more capable and they can make them more cost effective by you know selling machines that don't have a built-in display, mm -hmm. at least in terms of a desktop, or they're getting ready to launch some sort of new iMac. And now I don't mm -hmm. know if the next iMac is going to be both. They used to have two models. One was a 21-inch and then it was a 27-inch, or mm -hmm. actually it was a 21.5-inch and then it was a 27-inch. Mm -hmm. They haven't updated the 27-inch at all. It's still only Intel model, and I'm not even sure they sell it anymore. They can discontinued the 21.5, and that's what they came out with with this current M1 iMac. It's 24-inch, and it has colors and all mm -hmm. the basic stuff. So it's still a good machine, but at this point, I think it's getting a little long on the tooth. Yes. Yes, it is. And then we have the Mac Studio. Now, that's like a Mac a mac a mini but beefier and it supports the m2 max and m2 ultra which is two m2 maxes put together which is pretty impressive it kind of reminds me of the like the typical like pc tower but maybe a little smaller no it, it actually does not look like a tower it looks like a bigger mac mini it's basically the size of two mac minis mm -hmm. oh and if you get the Ultra, it it actually, they changed the heatsink from aluminum to complete like copper. So it's like really heavy. Now, the thing I really like about this, and a lot of people really like about this machine is because they doubled the size of a Mac Mini, they had some extra room in the front. So you've got a lot of ports just right on the front of the machine, mm -hmm. which is really convenient. I feel like that's kind of a downfall for the Mac Mini is the ports are only on the back. There isn't mm -hmm. any ports on the front. So if you get a studio, you get ports on the front as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great option if you're changing interfaces or you know, hard drive, external hard drives in and out all the time or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. It's much easier just to have it right there on the front than to have to always reach around the back and try mm -hmm. and figure out where you're sticking something in back there and all that. Yep. And then the the biggest of the of the big is the Mac Pro. We have the Mac Studio and the Mac Pro now. The Mac Pro is the desktop tower. We call it the cheese grater. Yep. And because the front of it looks has a bunch of holes, it looks like a cheese grater. Classic yep. design. And 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 they could have they've changed the design before, and we as Mac users hated it. It didn't matter if we had a Mac Pro or not. We hated the trash can, which is what we called it. And and now we have the cheese grater back in, in a different form, but we we do have it back. And that thing has, we could add IO controllers and all these different types of, of things and, and stuff like that, but it supports the same processors, not not like one past the Ultra, it just same chips, but more ability to add like sound cards and, and other things, not even video cards. So that's the weird thing, but... I think you could get up to like 24 terabytes of hard drive space in there and all kinds of know, crazy insane. stuff. Yeah. I think it goes up to like 128 gigs of RAM or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
or 192. Yeah. That machine is insane. They didn't really change it much. All no. they really did was change out the processors mm-hmm. and made a couple of small modifications. I think it's uh, mostly empty in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you that same, those same processors are in the studio. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at the studio and how small that machine is compared to the Mac Pro, you know, it is probably just tons of room in there. Now, if you're mm-hmm. doing crazy rendering, if you're doing you know, full-blown production audio videos and stuff like that, you probably don't have a lot of issues with it overheating in that Mm -hmm. machine with so much room. I mean, if the fans come on, it's still going to really cool the machine down a lot, you know, just because there's so much space. You could put so many IO controllers, the power supply in there is probably huge. But I mean, I think it's like four to six grand starting price. So it, it, yeah, that's huge too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, if you start bumping it up, it gets expensive Mm -hmm. real quick. Yeah. So I I think those are all of the different Macs. So, you know, if I were doing any video or any of that kind of stuff, it would be the 16 inch or the, or the, the studio, but I don't do the quality of video that needed for that. Although now with the spatial video stuff on the iPhone, that's a new, you know, kind of a new area there. So I'm very glad that I have my, my M1 Max, but I think the M3 Max is going to be needed to even do some of that stuff now. So it really just depends on what you're doing, right? If you're doing web browsing and all that, the Mac Mini M2 is perfect. If you're if you're just doing browsing or basic audio editing or basic video editing, although that's going to work great for you, right? Yeah. And I want to go back to the MacBook Air just for one second because I just want to make sure everyone knows that a few months back, we did get a MacBook Air M2 15-inch, which we didn't talk about. I will just quickly hit on this and just say that there really isn't any difference in that machine from the M2 MacBook Air except for it's a little bit larger. It has a 15-inch display now, so you can choose the M2 MacBook Air in either a 13-inch model or a 15-inch model, Mm -hmm. which is a really great option. People have been wanting to have a MacBook Air that has a bigger display for a long time. There's only been a 13-inch option up until now, actually. This is the first time they've had a MacBook Air in a 15-inch model. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think there's any difference in it at all. They're exactly the same, except for the battery might be a little bit larger. But other than that, they're pretty much exactly the same. There's two more speakers behind the screen. And that's the one thing on the Air is the speakers are behind the screen instead of on the sides. So keep that in mind. But yeah, the speaker, there's two more speakers or at least two more subwoofers on this, on the 15 inch. So. Right. So you get a little bit of better audio and possibly a little bit longer battery life just to the battery being a little bit bigger. So to bring it to display, back to displays for a second, I did look and I did a search. LG is actually selling their 27 inch OLED monitor for 299 that's a good screen that's a great deal yeah Mm -hmm. for the 60 for the 60 watt power delivery with usb-c and hdmi fantastic yeah that's a great deal for that model i'm thinking that's probably the route that i'm gonna go is getting a mac mini a keyboard a magic trackpad and this monitor here Yeah, that's great. A lot of people who aren't buying the studio display from Apple tend to go to the LG LG. models Mm -hmm. because they're just uh, really solid alternatives. Yeah, And they're really affordable, too. Mm -hmm. Like, 
they're a really good bang for your buck type of display because they really know what they're doing. I think there's to, one like, that's the com- LED. I think there's one comparable to the studio display that's I think it's called the Ultrafine. Yeah, I think that L- runs around. Yeah, that's the uh, one I'm that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And that should have speakers and camera just like the uh uh-huh. Um, it does. What, I like actually think it does have Thunderbolt. So you just mm-hmm. plug it into the back and then everything you have a hub on the back and everything you need right there. So it that's going to be a good option. Yeah. And at that price, it's really good. Mm-hmm. They, they, they yep. used to be more like around six, 700 bucks. Yeah. The 90 watt one is like 700 bucks. Oh yeah. But I'm not going to get the 90 watt. I'm well, going to get that's the That's even better the than the studio watt. because it's a 60 Hertz refresh. Yeah. On the, on the studio. But what, for what Alicia's doing, the 299 version mm-hmm. would be great. It would be great. Yeah. Like I would love the 90, 90 Hertz refresh rate. That would be great. I think that's the route that I'm going to go because it's honestly it's honestly less expensive than trying to buy a laptop, especially since the iPad does what I need it to do. And I can use that as my only go device. Well, I mean, you could get out with a Mac for it, with a monitor and keyboard and all that for around a thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's not bad. I yeah. think we need to go ahead and wrap up. Right, Marty? I think we're coming to your. Yep. I got a hard yeah. one. Yep. So let's go ahead and quickly do our apps and, and where we can be found online. So Marty, do you have an app that uh, you'd like to pick this time and where can people find you online? I actually didn't pick an app this week. I'm sorry. It's been a crazy week. So I'll come back with one next week. If people want to track me down, I'm on Macedon, Marty at unmute.community. You can find me there. Maybe you'll owe us two, two apps next week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll There you go. All right, Alicia, do you have an app for this week and where can people find you online? I do, and I'm probably going to end up stealing one of your apps. So it's something that Michael got me into. It's an RSS feed subscription app, basically. I don't know how to pronounce it. Leary? Liar? Leary? Yeah, yeah. L-I-R-E. I have been hooked. I have put all of the like blogs I subscribe to and a ton of things in there to like look at and check out because some of these news apps are just really notification heavy. I I I, I don't know. I'd rather be able to like look at all the articles I want to look at from there. Super cool. And then if I want news, I'll just check a news app, you know. But yeah, I'm liking that. I've been playing around with it. If we're going to talk about RSS readers just for a quick second, going off of what Alicia is saying, I'll let everyone know about NetNewsWire, which has been around a really long time. It works on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. It's free. It has cloud sync, so you can be synced in all the places. And it's just a really awesome, straightforward RSS reader that works really well. And it's in all the places. So is it cheaper than nine dollars? It's free. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it's totally free. It's open source and totally free. Yeah. I'll check that out next because I'm I'm on I love the array, but I wanna just see what's out there, you know? Yeah, uh, Net News Wire is amazing. It's free, it's been around forever and it just works. So check that out. Check that out. Thank you, Marty. So you always won next week. So you, you did pick one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. And where can people find you online, Alicia? Oh, I totally forgot. I'm not used to talking about my, my socials. Anyways, I am Alicia Geary on Facebook and LinkedIn. Blind One Lives or Alicia Geary on Discord. 
on Mastodon, I am blindonelives at techopolis.social. Uh, yeah, uh, I oh, and my website. You can find me on my website at blindcopywriter.com. So, yeah, that's where you can find me on. Fantastic. And my pick for this week is an app that app for iOS, Mac, and all, and well, iOS app, Mac, and iPad that is not on Windows, unfortunately. It's called DevonThink, D-E-V-O-N Think. And it's basically kind of like a one-person notion or similar to Obsidian, but you could create databases, you can link to different documents, you can add RSS feeds, sort them however you want. I've been playing around a lot with that. You can sync it through iCloud. It's not a cheap product. It's like 99 a year, but it does really good organization and lets you put code snippets or markdown HTML. You can do a lot of different things for authoring in this app. So it's a fantastic way to collaborate, to not collaborate. You can collaborate with it in some weird ways, but it's a good way to collect your thoughts and to really get things organized so that you can, you know, like you say, you have links for specific things that you work on or blog posts, you could collect them in the app. So Devon Think on Mac, Devon Think to go on iOS. So check that out. And that's that's my app pick. If you want to find me online, I'm Mike Doeys at techopolis.social. I'm Mike Doeys on X, Michael Doeys on Facebook. And you can email me at Mike Doeys at iCloud.com. I'm in all the places. Just search for Michael Doeys and all that good stuff. I want to thank Marty and Alicia for being here. It's been a great fifth episode of the iCast. And we'll be back next week. And who knows what we'll talk about next time. Because we did talk about the Mac this time. So we may do a combination iOS and Mac. I think it'd be fun to talk about some different things. So we'll do that next time. A little, uh, we'll have to stay tuned to find out what that'll be about. And uh, we'll be back next week for another iCast. So thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. See you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.